Hello and welcome to Life Unfiltered with Danielle Knife, the ultimate guide to navigating sobriety, multifamily investments, real estate, marriage, health, and the transformative journey to motherhood. Join Danielle as she explores the intricate avenues of these incredible life moments, offering insights, stories, and expert interviews to inspire and empower your own personal journey. Whether you're a beginner seeking guidance or a seasoned professional looking for fresh perspectives, this podcast is your compass to a holistic and fulfilling life. Let's dive in and embark on this incredible journey together. Welcome to our first episode of Life Unfiltered with Danielle Knight. I am Danielle Knight. Shocking, I know. I am going to tell you a little bit about myself. Um... Let's just dive right in. I was raised in Manhattan Beach, California uh, by a mother who did not know she was pregnant till she was eight months pregnant with me. Surprise! Um, she went to the doctor and they told her that she was pregnant. She thought she had the flu. <laughs> My mother is an Olympic swimmer and so she had no idea that if you have sex one time that you can get pregnant. Newsflash! <laughs> she ended up with me. Um, my grandparents were Mormon, and they were not going to allow her to give me away. So what they did was they made her marry her boyfriend at the time, which happened to be my dad. Um, come to find out when I was 10, all my cousins told me I was adopted, even though I wasn't, but um, he took on the responsibility of having me. But what came with that was he was Jewish. So I was raised a Mormon Jew. Go figure. <laughs> Very difficult to navigate life. Um, like I mentioned, when I was 10 years old, I found out that I was adopted. But what really happened was my parents had to tell me that I was not my dad's biological child. And they told me the story about my mother's uh, one time, had too much to drink, slip and fall, I guess we should call it. Because <laughs> that's what it was. Um, obviously, my parents had their own struggles, and everybody does, and that's life. And people in general have struggles. But when you involve children, it makes it a little more complex. And my dad also had a substance and alcohol abuse problem. Um, so my parents got divorced when I was five years old and I learned coping skills at a young age as a child to negotiate, rationalize, and pretty much have bad behavior. I was already really confused because I was a Mormon Jew. Um, all my cousins had bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs. I was Mormon, so I was baptized in the temple and I was sealed in the temple, which sounds really scary when you're like nine or 10 years old, sealed in the temple. Like, what does that even mean? Like, come on. Um, so my mom went to BYU and she just didn't know any other way. So my parents got divorced when I was five years old. My mom got remarried when I was 10 to another good guy always at the moment um who she had two kids with which I'm grateful for my brother and my sister Connie and Anthony um great kids but you know both my dads were extremely abusive um alcoholics and I learned how to drink and how to manipulate and how to get my way 
And I realized that I too wanted to drink because drinking sounded like so much fun. They looked like they were having a lot of fun. He had problems and he drank and I was like, hmm, this is wonderful. So by the time I was 15, I had started drinking alcoholically um, from the first beer. I can remember my first beer. Oh my gosh, guys, let me tell you. So my first beer, I was 15 years old and it was my sophomore year. Actually, I was going into my sophomore year. So it was my freshman and summer and I was at CJ's house and he lived right on the water and um, there was this really large hill that came down and the volleyball team was there and I was dating the volleyball captain because I was so cool. <laughs> I was just so cool. <laughs> and um, he gave me my first Coors Light and I remember getting wasted, folks, wasted. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, all of my problems have disappeared completely. So I thought <laughs> my younger self um, decided that it would be a good activity every weekend to keep drinking every, 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 every weekend. So my alcoholic behavior really started from then. But, you know, alcoholism is a learned behavior that is a disease that is actually in your family. So um, I never really got any repercussions from drinking until I was about, I want to say, 22 when I got my first DUI. I was on Sunset Boulevard with Paris Hilton and a couple of other dumb celebrities at the time. We happened to be maybe doing some party favors and drinking a whole lot. And I decided I wanted to get into a stranger's truck, drive it through a DUI checkpoint backwards on Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> well, you can imagine that did not end up well with me. The cops had to ditch their bikes. They had to back them up. People who were in the DUI checkpoint line had to move their cars out of the way to the sides. It was horrendous. Um, I don't remember any of it, but they take you to Van Nuys in Hollywood because there's so many prostitutes. They take you to Van Nuys, okay? So we're talking 45 minutes in the car. I'm thinking these guys are totally dateline raping me, taking me somewhere I could not imagine. Uh, meanwhile, I was dressed like a streetwalker, so I probably deserved to go all the way to Van Nuys. But when I sobered up, I realized like, man, I just got caught. I was just unlucky and I got caught and nothing was wrong. And I just, I didn't have a problem, that's for sure. Because everybody in my family and all my friends drank. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with me. But um, I realized then that maybe I shouldn't drink and drive. <laughs> so I'll just drink an Uber. So that's what we did. We didn't have Uber back then. It tells you my age a little bit, but we had taxis. So um, let's back up a little bit. So my parents, when I was five years old, my dad knocked out my mom's two front teeth when I was a kid. Um, and I watched him strangle her with a telephone cord around her neck. Back in the days, you had these cords that wrapped around the phone that went to the wall. And that's what he did. And I remember thinking to myself, oh my gosh, this is so abnormal. But, of course, he didn't talk about it. What happened behind closed doors was what happened behind closed doors. But I'm here to tell you that I survived all this. I made it through. I did not have to um, do half of those behaviors or let anybody do those to me. Luckily, by the grace of God, there go I. But um, my parents just were not parents. I had to parent myself. I had to help raise my brother and sister. Um, I'm sure when my mom hears this podcast... You know, she'll probably be a little disappointed, but 
at the same token, it's for all those people out there, the listeners, about how you can survive this. Um, I had no coping skills, but what I learned was I knew I never wanted to be a divorcee and I never wanted to make problems um, for anybody else but myself. So that's why I drink. I drink alone typically and then I would drink in public a lot of the times and I really drank to escape my childhood. And when I realized one day that my childhood cannot define me is the day that I got sober. So I'll have a decade sober in November. Um, And I want to tell everybody who's listening about how you can survive. No matter what your past is, um, you know, fast forward to my mom getting married when I was 10, she really picked another winner. And so he was abusive, but abusive in a way where he was um, strangely abusive, where he would like, he was a voyeur. So he would watch me while I slept. He would try to watch me in the shower when I was a kid. He cut a hole into the wall and looked through um, the plumbing. And it was like our, our linen closet that led into our shower and all sorts of strange, bizarre things. And I would tell my mom, but she was working three jobs that like, she couldn't even fathom that that actually was happening because he thought he could manipulate her, which he did. Um, so I drink a lot because of those reasons. And the reasons that I am alive today is because of what has happened to me in my past. And I'm really grateful that I don't have to worry about what others think about me, but I can actually worry about helping others because that's what this life is about today. Because living is giving. And it's it's such a better life. And I can only imagine if you've been through any of the abusive um, turmoil that I have been through, you would understand that <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy to get over. It's not easy to be an alcoholic. It's not easy to be raised a Mormon Jew. It's not easy to have divorced parents by two. It's not easy for any of those things. But what's easy is your mind shift. And when you shift your mind into things that are positive um, rather than negative, and you learn to discover who you are, you see that those patterns in your life that served you when you were younger because you were protecting yourself or just trying to survive were actually unhealthy behaviors. And I did a lot of, uh, you know, work through the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And obviously I'm very proud to say I'm an alcoholic and I've been sober for this many years, but, um, I depend on other people today and I never depended on anybody else. And so God, um, AA, my sponsor and people around me today, um, helped me get through that chaos that I survived as a child. And if you're listening to this podcast and wondering like, how the hell do you get out of a a dark hole. Let me tell you, I have been there. I have been on the floor. Um, actually, the day I got sober, I was um, with a gentleman and his parents, this guy that I was dating, and I had gotten my second DUI. I had driven my car into the other lane of traffic and hit a family. And luckily, nobody was severely injured, like, I mean, like death or any of that kind of stuff, but they were very injured. And I remember coming to, and this 
woman was knocking on my window. Well, it was the police officer trying to get in my car because I had driven into the other lane and caused all this chaos. And so I proceeded to um, abuse her verbally. (sighs) I had to make amends for that, but I feel bad about it even today. But I assaulted this woman verbally for a good solid 15 minutes all the way down to the police station telling her that she is a woman in a man's job and all these things. And when I read that report with my attorney, needless to say, I was very embarrassed. And Shout out to my attorney, Bob Courtney, who saved my life. Um, I had gone into jail that evening, and it was a holiday weekend. So I was not getting out, y'all. Not getting out. And my mom, luckily, you know, like I said, she's an Olympian. My uncle's also an Olympian. He's a gold medalist. And my mom called the chief of police in Manhattan Beach and asked him to please call in a solid and let me out. Well, I had to post bail. And my mom doesn't have any money, so luckily her friends do. And so they bailed me out, and I paid them back, and I'm really grateful for that today. But um, I say all that to say is that when I went to read that report with my attorney, he looked at me and he said, Danielle, I love you and your family, but I do a lot of business for your family because they're alcoholics. And I looked at him, and I was like, hmm? Well, it's true. My uncle's an alcoholic. We don't drink very well because we're Samoan, so... (laughs) Um, If you know anything about us tribal folks, you don't really want to give us booze. We kind of turn into that gremlin like at midnight when you pour water on us. Yeah, that's what happens with too much alcohol in Polynesian folks. I mean, maybe not all Polynesians, but uh, us Fenoy Moanas, that's what happens. And so anyways, my attorney said, you need to go to Alcoholics Anonymous. And I said, Lord, I ain't going to Alcoholics Anonymous. I don't have a problem. (laughs) At this point, I was willing to do anything. So I was going to prison for four years. Four years years four long years and I was like I I will do whatever I need to do so I was a visitor for six months in Alcoholics Anonymous and um yeah I would sit and raise my hand because I needed that much attention every single week I'm a visitor me pick me and I started hearing my story through multiple people but what that really was was God talking through others And so, um, I started to listen and I started to hear me and I realized (laughs) quickly that I might have a problem, but I don't really have a problem. So fast forward, I wake up on a bathroom floor covered in dog piss and a very expensive dress that I didn't buy. And it was a gift. And, um, the gentleman I was dating at the time said to me, uh, get, get out of my house in so many words. But he said, get the F out of my house actually is what he said. And don't ever talk to me again. And I was like, Okay, so anyways, I left, went to my mom's house. My mom said, well, you know what to do. You need to go to Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, so I did, and I found a solution that day. I found a solution in, in the struggle. I found a solution in getting closure with my past because my past is what kept me sick. My secrets is what kept me sick. And what keeps me healthy, happy, and whole today is moving in a direction that brings joy to other people. When before, I was a selfish individual and I wanted to be all about me. Me, myself, and I. And let me tell you, you cannot live a life like that. You cannot live a life of me, 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 and keep it all. Hence why I'm doing this podcast. I can't wait to dive in 
and get some ideas from you, the listeners, about what you want to hear about. Ask me any questions. Please find me on all social networks. You can find me at Danielle Knight on Facebook, Instagram, etc. Um, I just want to know what you think about living life on life's terms. And if you have anybody with addiction or sobriety in your in your wheelhouse, let's talk about it. Um, my journey on this mission to help you guys is to be able to teach, reflect, and pull in people that need to know that they're not alone. Because when you feel like you're alone on an island by yourself, you behave in that way, which you can't bring in healing and love and tolerance and patience for you, not for anybody else, but for yourself. So if you are struggling or you need help or any of those things, please keep listening. I'm going to give you so many solutions to every problem that you can think of from family to marriage, to real estate, to multifamily, anything else that you can think of in life. It's going to happen. Investments, investments in yourself. Um, And I'm going to give you some life moments that really changed my life and direction of my life. So just want to let you know that you can succeed and I'm here to teach you. Let me know what you guys think and I look forward to the next podcast. You guys have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining Danielle on Life Unfiltered with Danielle Knight. We hope these conversations have been insightful and inspiring. Remember, life's journey is made richer by embracing every moment. Stay tuned for more empowering episodes and continue thriving in every aspect of your life. Until next time, keep growing and embracing the journey.